I invite everybody to arrive fully to this practice, find a comfortable, a comfortable posture in the body. Uh, we're all online today. So I'm just going, I'm sitting in on a computer chair and I'm moving the armrests away from my body. I'm going to put my feet on the floor. I'm sitting a little bit forward on my chair so that my belly can be soft, but my back is strong. My eyes are closed. Um, I feel safe in the library of my home. Uh, but not everybody feels safe with their eyes closed. So if you are not feeling comfortable with your eyes closed all the way, uh, just open them a little bit, but keep the gaze inward. If you're at your computer, maybe turn your body at a slight angle to the computer screen so that you can break some of that electromagnetic connection that we have radiating at us so much throughout our day. Maybe your body wants to lie down. That's perfectly a beautiful way to practice. Maybe your body needs a little extra movement today. Again, another way to practice. If you are putting your body in motion, may I respectfully and gently ask that you turn off your cameras uh, because if anyone is watching the computer screen, it can make people feel a little bit dizzy, can throw the vestibular system off a little bit and be distracting. And as you slowly settle into your practice today, bring your attention and your awareness to your breathing. Breathing is such a simple anchor point of awareness and yet having awareness and attention on the breath is probably one of the single most healing things you can do for your body. By paying attention to your breath, you will automatically increase the amount of oxygen you take in to your body. This is physiologically healing. Increased oxygen in your blood supply improves the function of every single organ in your body. And we need that. We need that if we are people who have been misusing, mistreating, neglecting the body. And we can do this in so many ways. Process addictions often mistreat the body by denying it necessary rest. We have wonderful members in our community who have a tricky relationship to food, therefore denying the body access to the nutrients it might need. 
We have community members who have difficult relationships to alcohol and various substances which can deplete the body of nutrients, vitamins, minerals, and it can also negatively affect particular organs, the brain, the liver, the lungs, the pancreas, the bones, the skin, the sense of taste, smell, and so on. Your wise action of breathing is an enormous expression of compassion for yourself. What a beautiful thing to do, to simply breathe. Breathing in, being here. Breathing out in this moment, exactly as you are. Breathing in, being here. Breathing out exactly as you are means if you're irritated then you're irritated if you're struggling then you're struggling if you're joyful then you're joyful this moment this mood breathing in and out as simple and as profound as that. Let's do this together for just a few moments. Friends, today ends a very long two-month exploration we have taken in the Spokane Sangha, looking at the dual nature of gender 
as conditioned by society, the feminine and the masculine. Last month, May, we explored our dualistic ideas about what it means to be female and feminine. This month, we've been exploring what it means to be masculine, male, father archetype. I added the word sacred to really emphasize this theme of duality by reminding us that dualism isn't inherently a negative. There's a lot to be said about our dualistic black and white either or way of thinking. In fact, it is true. The issue with duality is that it's promoted as being the truth of our perceptions, and it is most definitely not that. Dualism has a place in what is true, but it is not the whole truth. And so we have courageously brought this idea forward as a way of challenging our minds, testing our biases, opening up our perceptions so that we can step into that non-dual space of the continuum, the spectrum of perspective, the broad, vast spaciousness of seeing reality. We have but one perspective on a single thing. Somebody else has a different perspective. A third person has their perspective. All of it may be true for them. And the three together point to something that is a much, much bigger truth. Today I'm bringing this forward in a bit of summary form as a way to help us make ready for the theme of July, which is something in Buddhism called the Brahma Vihara. You have heard me talk about it many times as the four limitless qualities. In the Eastern tradition uh, that was inspiring to Siddhartha Gautama, the Buddha, he certainly grew up hearing about Brahma, the god of creation. And he certainly grew up hearing about Vihara, the heavenly realm. Brahma Vihara means the qualities that we can cultivate to bring into our lives heavenly realms. These are deeply spiritual qualities that each of us has the capacity to cultivate deeper and deeper and deeper. They are already alive and well in us, maybe only little seeds. And with the practice, 
we water these seeds. With the practice, we create amended soil, fertile soil, into which these seeds of heavenly spiritual qualities can grow here on earth through us as us. The Brahma Vihara qualities are loving kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity. We are going to spend one week each of the five weeks in July studying these, exploring these. I suppose there's four weeks. There's four weeks in a day in July. And uh, so we're going to spend each week of July exploring one of these qualities. And on Monday, John is going to facilitate our practice and we're going to begin with equanimity. And we're beginning with equanimity because to have an equanimous practice is to increase our capacity to hold duality, this and that. One thing and its seeming opposite. To learn to hold both the positive that happens in our lives and the negative that happens in our lives and to apply degrees of neutrality because both teach us so much. That is equanimity. But to do that, we have to cultivate space in order to see clearly. And when we can cultivate space to see clearly, when we can hold both the positive and the negative, the good and the bad, the right and the wrong, and so on and so on, then we have freedom. Yesterday, we were so fortunate to hear some wisdom from our wonderful Sangha member, Luma, who shared with us uh, that to him, so much of the Buddhist practice is about slowing down, pausing. And that really is how we gain access to space, to slow down, to pause, to look at our reactivity, and we can only get there by breathing. Take a breath. And now we are back to the beginning of our practice today. To breathe deeply, to breathe with attention and awareness, is to bring healing to the body, to bring space to the mind, to allow what is ever you, whatever is haunting you, whatever you are experiencing, to be there fully. And when you can be with whatever it is you are experiencing fully, you have freedom. And when you have freedom in your heart and in your mind, in your actions, in your words, 
You are in the realm of heaven. And you are speaking the language of the gods and goddesses. All of that sounds so beautiful, doesn't it? It's a practice, friends. It's what we're aspiring toward. And maybe the words God or Goddess, Brahma, maybe that kind of ruffles your fe feathers a little bit, and that's okay. You know, really, the Brahma Viharas, the four limitless qualities, at their very basic level, friends, may you practice them, may we come into their awareness, may we work with our dualistic nature so powerful in the Western mind to simply become less of a jerk <laughs> toward ourselves and one another. I think that's a beautiful motivation. One degree less of jerkiness today. And in doing so, you embody all that is sacred. All the work we have been doing for the past eight weeks qualities of strength and courage, nurturance and care, presence and patience, tolerance and honor. May these qualities, as they live and breathe in you as you, come forward in healing for yourself and all sentient beings. Your presence matters, friends. Your practice does too. May you rest easy in your efforts and may you awaken to the qualities planted within you, waiting to be watered, grown and blossom. Let's end our practice with three intentional breaths and then I invite you to come back and we'll open our space for sharing. Breathing in together. Breathing out. Inhaling slowly and deeply. Exhaling.
Maybe inhaling on this last one, an intention to bring healing. And with your exhalation, exhale anything that is inhibiting your path. We'll end our practice today with a dedication of merit. And these words are from um, His Holiness the Dalai Lama from his book, How to See Yourself as You Really Are. Look at that face. Isn't that just so cute? Don't you just want to pinch his cheek right there? I do. I'd probably do it if I met him in real life. All right. This is a, this is This quote is given to the Buddha and it is it has to do with equanimity. There's a phrase in here called dependent arising and uh, just a real quick explanation if you're not familiar with what dependent arising is is that we don't have thoughts or emotions that erupt out of nowhere. They are dependent upon conditions. So like Maggie was saying, she had this family come in, there was a power outage, work, the demands, all of these conditions coming together that stir up our thoughts, stir up our feelings, stir up our cravings. So these are the dependent arisings. Look at the conditions. The Buddha is said to have said, realizing the doctrine of dependent arising, the wise do not at all partake of extreme views. Realizing the doctrine of dependent arising, realizing the conditions of our lives, the wise do not at all partake in extreme views. The wise, you and me, do not participate, do not react to the nature of duality. We find the middle way. It is a practice, friends. And remember, practice makes practice. We'll see you next time. Namaste.